Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into an episode of Queer's Folk. We are doing episode 202 today. And I want to say this from the jump. I think that season two is overestimating how emotionally mature and emotionally prepared I am <laughs> no, for, real. for these episodes. Seriously, these first two episodes have been like, I mean, crazy emotional bangers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for sure, but we're going to dive deep into That is a great into, label, yes. by the way. Let me point that out. Emotional bangers. Yeah, well, you know, you know, do a little something with words. Do a little something with words. Uh, but yes, no, seriously though, right? Aren't mm-hmm. you up and down? Like, gosh. Yeah. Like, oh my God, we're all over the place with this. But yes, we're going to get right on into it. All right, so let's do it. Let's start with uh, Justin, and he is running across the street, and we see him running up the steps, and we kind of figure out that he's at Brian's Loft, at the building for Mm -hmm. Brian's Loft. And when he gets up there, he's knocking on the door, like banging on the door, like, Brian, Brian. And the door is eventually pulled open, and it is not Brian. It is the worst thing possible. The worst man ever. And we find out that Justin's having a nightmare. Uh, And so... I guess he's screaming in his bed or whatever. And so Jennifer comes into the room. She's trying to comfort him. It's like, it's just a dream. And what I got from that is it's clear this isn't, that wasn't the first time. Like Mm -hmm. these nightmares are probably somewhat of a normal occurrence for him now following the bashing. Absolutely. I mean, it was just devastating. At first I was so happy. Like, oh my God, because the first episode, you know, he's beginning to use, you know, his motor skills, gaining those back. Yeah. And, but then to see him running across the street, I was like, oh, my God, my baby is back. Yay. Yeah. And then he's going to Brian's like he's so happy. But, you know, I, I just thought he was going to finally, you know, be realize that Jennifer told Brian not to come around. So, you know, that's why he was there. Um, and then when the door swings open and it's. I was about to curse, girl. It was <laughs> Chris Hobbs. You might have to let it out on Chris yeah, Hobbs. Yeah, I know. Chris Hobbs. You know, I just, I popped you and I was like, uh-uh. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I was just irritated. But thank God it was a nightmare. But I did feel bad for my baby. And um, yes, I mean, it was just very traumatizing um, to watch him go through that dream, to relive that every single day. Because like you said, you can clearly tell this is not the first time. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't, I mean, just the touch. Jennifer tried to even console him. Right. And, doesn't I want mean, it. He reacted so, you know, crazy and violent himself. Justin, before the, the attack, he was never a violent type person mm-hmm. at all. He was very, you know, warm and comforting and always trying to, you know, find a different way to connect. But now, ever since then, I mean, he's a little aggressive. You can't touch him. Little things trigger him. Right. So you could tell, like, this was a triggering moment for him. So, ugh, Well, and to have it be, like, the loft is a place where that feels like security to him. And so to have that be the place where Chris Hobbs Mm -hmm. is residing, like you can imagine how traumatic that is for him, even within the dream, within the nightmare. Yeah. His safe place is, um, has been invaded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we go to Babylon to kind of shift things in a different gear for a quick minute. Uh, and there's this line dance happening there on the dance floor and I dig it. Yeah, no, it was popping, wasn't it? Yes. I was like, okay, we need to rewind this because um, I, I need to learn, learn this. Yeah, yeah we're going to learn it. That Babylon, what you got? Babylon lecture slide. Yeah. You know, uh-huh, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so while they are there, uh, Emmett is scoping everybody out. But what he's he's got butt envy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he is no longer happy with uh, his own equipment. So he's looking to see like, oh, I like theirs. I would want that one. Yeah, I mean, Emmett actually has a very beautiful, beautiful 
beautiful, beautiful behind. You know, and what's mm-hmm. crazy is in season one at the Leather Ball, that episode, Emmett was there with like the backless chaps on. He mm-hmm. had like no problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you always want what you can't have. You That's know, like true. He, he just want a little extra, a little something else. He probably wanted to stand out a little more. You know, yeah. but I'm like, baby, that's homegrown. That's God given. Be blessed <laughs> what you got. You yeah. Know? Well, and also, I think it just points to a very true thing how our insecurities are so up and down. What we love about ourselves one day or one month, we hate the next So month. true. So, so that's a very true. human thing. But I like the banter between Emmett and Brian. It was <laughs> during, hilarious. Doing this. It is very hilarious. And Emmett says, you know, life can wear you out by 30. Right, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> and he just, saying, he just gave that death look. Did you see yeah. that stare? He stared mm-hmm. him down. Yeah. So here in that scene, we have Brian, Emmett, and Ted. Well, then Michael comes over to them from the back room, and he's telling them about the awesome experience he just had back there. The back room. My first thought was, what is going on with Michael? Okay, you're going through a breakup, but you have never been one to get any action in the back room. (laughs) And what is you doing in the back room and Brian being up front with the boys? I know. Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, like, oh my God, like, really? And he he had coke in his nose. It's like, (laughs) a doorbell. I mean, pressuring him too, like, Bruh, chill out, okay? Like, yeah, chill. he was really doing a lot. Probably needed to tone it down. A few clicks. No, a, a few. Several, <laughs> okay? Uh, and so with that, Ted and Emmett are like, we got to go. We're leaving. You know, we've got work tomorrow. And um, Michael's upset. He's like, oh, come on, you know, basically the night's still young. And Brian's there. And this is a, even this is a different Brian. It's a step above where we were in episode 201. But this still isn't the same Brian. Like you said, he's not the one in the back room. No. And even at this point, he's like sitting on the steps. Yep. Usually Brian has his back up against the bar and or something. Scoping. And he's scoping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's on the hunt or he's in the back room. <laughs> uh, and that's not this Brian. So he's still not in the same place. And I'm just going to say this. And to all the haters, you could just continue to hate. But it's almost like Brian can't be Brian anymore without, without Justin, Justin. Mm-hmm. in his life in some way, or at least knowing that he has access to Justin right. in some way. I just think that his mind is on more serious things. It really the is. The well-being yeah. and health of the health and well-being of Justin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where his mind is. He's going to go out. He's going to try to clear his mind. He's going to try to do his little daily routines that he yeah, does. Yeah, he's going out with his friends. Yeah. yeah. But he's not the same. Right. It, it really isn't. So, yeah, he's not fully there. And to be honest, I like this side of Brian. Mm-hmm. We don't get the, the whole cocky. He's letting his guard down. We always talked about how Brian was like an onion. Wood. I mean, we have peeled this yeah. layer down. Bad. It's sad that it took that bad night for Justin, I mean, for Brian to realize that, hey, there are more important things out here. I don't have to be cocky all the time. I don't have to be, you know, conceited and condescending all the time, you yeah. know. And this is what we're getting now. We're getting someone who's showing a lot of compassion. And you can you can just feel it. I definitely like this Brian because it's given him, like you said, I hate what what uh, it took to bring it out of him. But we're getting to see that there is more to his life now. Yeah. There's more that he cares about, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Yeah. Um, and so as he's sitting there, Michael, you know, like you said, is just having the best night ever. <laughs> and so he's trying to get Brian to come with him. He's like, come on, come dance with me. And Brian's like, no, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. And he says, well, you always used to dance with Justin. And wrong thing to say, Michael. Yes, wrong thing to say. For one, it's not. It's too soon. Right. Okay. Two, you're not Justin. Right. Okay. Three, you acting like a little child now. Well, Justin did it. Yeah. I mean, what, what if you don't sit down somewhere ASAP? Yeah. And 
I mean, sometimes he just speaks without thinking. And I know that you want to, you can write him a pass for that. But other times, just like, Michael, why would you even bring that up? If you want to go dance, he already said no, just go dance. You can see that he's clearly not his usual self. Like, move on. Like, Michael gets, I'm not a Michael hater, but Michael gets so self-involved sometimes, Mm -hmm. like only wrapped up in his own stuff. And when he gets that way, even without intending to, he says stuff like this. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was just too soon. It wasn't right. And don't compare yourself to Justin. Yeah. And also, Brian and Justin, they are an item. You know, right. it's not, not like not a title on it, but you never had that penis in you. Like, <laughs> why would he? Like, that's your friend. Don't say, oh, well, you always dance with Justin. That just burned me up. It, it rubbed me the wrong way. And you, know? you don't manipulate Brian like that. Yeah. Like, that's not the way to get him to do anything. Not at all. Even take away all the other junk with it. That's not the way to get him to do anything. Mm-hmm. And you should know that. Yeah. Okay. So then it's the next morning and we go to the diner and Michael is looking like he was <laughs> rode hard and put away wet. I mean, he's in the same clothes. Uh-huh. <laughs> He is extremely hungover, and Debbie has, like, no sympathy for None. him. So he, he clearly did not make it home last night. No. He spent all that in the back room, okay? <laughs> and then just walked right over with that was his it. dirty self mm-hmm. to the diner. And I love what Debbie says. She says, get over David, get a job, and get on with your life. It's like, okay, like you said, we know you're dealing with a breakup, whatever, it's time to get it together. Yeah, it, it is. Like, you can only, you know, soak for so long. You know, you can only pout for so long. Like, yes, we're sad. We're here for you. But life goes on and you have responsibilities out right. here. Right. Like the rent. In yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have moving back up in here, uh, you're going to need to pay the rent. Come up off them coins, okay? <laughs> yeah. But you need a job first to get the coins. Yeah. So go do that <laughs> and come yeah. back and holler at me. So speaking of the job, they tell him like, hey, you do need to get back to real life. And um, he's like, well, what do I just go back to the big Q? And Emmett tells him, oh, try something new, something different. You know, you can. it's a whole new beginning. But Ted's more practical. He's like, nope, you need something steady, something secure. <laughs> like, Go back to the big Q if you need to. That's kind of where we're left, trying to decide which direction Michael's going to go in with that. Uh, so then we go over and we see Lindsay and Brian assembling a swing set for Gus in a nice little, I'm going to use this word, little domestic scene with the two of them. Now, I'm not trying to imply that they are <laughs> domestic with each other. Right. <laughs> Just saying we don't usually see definitely not Brian in that uh, kind of situation. But I think it's good because he's a very um, not very active mm-hmm. or present father, but in certain ways he does try to show up for his son. Mm-hmm. So assembling the swing set is one way that he's being there for his son. And he's doing it with his friend, Lindsay. True. And I like the scene. It was really cute. They were having fun. Mm-hmm. They were doing something together for Gus. Mm-hmm. They they made him. So to see those two together. Uh, and they were just having a... They were just vibing well. I yeah. thought that was a really, really good scene. Um, this It was just a, a different type of connect. You know, Brian Brian hasn't been the normal Brian. So I think he was receiving the information a little differently. Yeah. Um, so it, he, he responded differently. And look, him and Mel was able to agree on something. So. That's right. <laughs> they were. So while they're assembling the swing set, they are talking about, they're telling the lovely conception story of for Gus, <laughs> uh, which is not that lovely of a story. Mm. But anyway, and so that, of course, brings up memories of the night he was born. And um, 
you know, she says, you couldn't believe you had a son. And then she tells him, you know, about you and Justin and Michael running through the uh, the hall. And so any memory of Gus's birth, his actual birth mm-hmm. is going to be tied to, to Justin. Justin. So naturally mm-hmm. that makes Brian think of Justin. And so she says, you couldn't believe you had a son. And he says, two, two sons. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is Brian just trying to, you know, lighten the moment a little bit. But, but he also is like a father figure. He's older. He has a father mentality. He cares for him. He's like, I won't call it father figure, but... But I mean, he's got that just, protector yeah, role. protector role. Where he feels the same, in a different way, but he feels the same degree of responsibility for both of them, True. I think. And he also could be classified as a daddy, okay? <laughs> I mean, Justin did just turn 18, and and um, Brian is 30. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's a zaddy right now, so maybe. Uh, so, Lindsay can see the look on his face, and she says, you know, maybe you should call his mother and see how he's doing. And Brian's like, no, she doesn't want me to have anything to do with him. And uh, Lindsay says, well, you know, you could at least try. And he's like, no, she's right. It's better this way. And... I think he's just trying to get himself on board with that, but he doesn't He doesn't believe no. that. He definitely doesn't want that. He doesn't, but he also wants to respect Jennifer. Right, you know? because he respects, we said this in one of the early episodes, he respects good mothers. Right. And, you know, even though we don't agree with how Jennifer's doing that, she really does have good intentions. Yeah, she does. I think Jen- everything Jennifer has done, she really had good intentions. She just go about the wrong way yeah. in the beginning, and mm-hmm. then they all have to get her together. And then she she really sees and she adapts. Yeah, and she makes it right. But yeah, I think he's just telling himself that to make him believe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what really needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's also, he wants, like you said, he wants to respect Jennifer. He wants to respect her rules and stay away and give them their space. And he probably low-key feels, you know, semi-guilty as well. Although Justin told him it wasn't his fault. I mean, he still was there, you know, and it probably wouldn't. I mean, I don't, who, we don't know if it would have ever happened with, with or without Brian being there. Right. But um, he was there. And mm-hmm. he did experience that. Because, you know, of the gay, of him being homosexual. So, I mean, uh, it's a tr- tricky situation. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but while they're talking, Lindsay, you know, gets off the subject or, and they start talking about the wedding. And then Lindsay says, well, there won't be a wedding. Mel turned me down. And Brian kind of laughs a little bit. And Lindsay says, it's nice to see you laughing. And I think because she has seen, you know, what we've seen mm-hmm. that Brian's not been himself and he's not been in a great mood. And she, she can see that not just the bashing, but even now not being able to talk to Justin right. is really affecting him. So even if it's at her expense, she's okay with that. If mm-hmm. it means that she gets to see her friend laughing. And then he says, well, why did she turn you down? Uh, and then she says, well, she kind of feels like you, that it's just this meaningless ritual, you know, hetero wannabe type stuff. And Brian says, I agree with Melanie. And for, for once, they agree. <laughs> they agree. Yeah. So then over at the Big Q, we get to see a familiar face I that we missed. I was so happy. Tracy. Tracy. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's still so sweet. I she just love so her. She is so sweet. She gives Michael a big hug, and they are catching up. And while they're talking, Andrew comes over. Mm. And what we find out in this scene through some conversation is that Andrew has taken over Michael's old position at the Big Q. That, and Andrew is horrible. We don't like him. Yeah, that's the worst <laughs> boss in the world. I mean, just so condescending in his tone. You can tell that he enjoys being a tyrant boss. Yeah, like, and just, just trying to, like, bring Michael down. To, Any yeah. chance he has, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. ugh, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I would rather be on the street. Yeah, so Michael talks about being back, and he says, 
well, you know, you have to do what's right. And I've decided that what's right for me is for me to be here at, in Pittsburgh. And so he you know, figured he'd come back to work. Do you think that's what's right for Michael at this time to be back home? No, I think Michael should have given it a longer try. You don't know if you're going to like something in 30 days. You haven't really even got settled yet. You don't even know anything. You didn't have a job yet. No. Michael was scared. <laughs> Michael didn't want to leave his friends. Michael doesn't like change. Yeah. You know, like, no, he didn't want to leave in the first place. He was so yeah. hesitant anyway, and he did it just out of fear. Like, oh, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose, uh, lose David. But he went anyway. But I think he should have at least stayed a half a year at least. Yeah. You know, I don't think being back in P- Pittsburgh is best. Yeah. Now, even though there are issues with his relationship for with uh, there were issues with his relationship with Dr. David, but I do feel like. He could have given it a <laughs> yeah. given it a try. I mean, you said you were going to go do it, Michael. You got on the plane. You went over there. And so, yeah, give it a significant amount of time yeah, like, for a try. I don't think he did. He didn't yeah. give enough time. He just immediately came back home. That's why no one was happy to see him. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess I'm okay with him being back in Pittsburgh. I guess what I'm not okay with is him being stuck and feeling like everybody else should be stuck in the past. Right. Like he is. Mm-hmm. You brought up something that I wanted to talk about uh, with Michael. And I said a little bit earlier, but, you know, he does get self-involved. And I think... Maybe it's because he's used to his own like creature comforts, mm-hmm. and that's what makes him so possessive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and he gets very like, like I said, just stuck in the past. But you, because you see him get that way with Brian uh, in season one, we saw him do that a lot. He didn't want Brian to do anything that he wasn't a part of or belong to anyone but right. him. Uh, but even I think just in going back to that routine at the big Q is just Michael. Just because you're back doesn't mean you have to do everything you were doing yeah, you know, I know. before you left here. And what made him think that his position is still going to be open? I like, know. It's been a it's month a and a half. It's a department store. Yeah, like, <laughs> why would we that still be on, open? Boo. Yeah, like, I was just hoping that my position still be open. What do you What do you mean, Michael? Like, that's not smart. Yeah. Okay? Like, come on, it's not intelligent. That was silly. So, But Andrew does tell him that there's an assistant manager role, which was Andrew's old role. <laughs> and so Michael would be Andrew's subordinate. But that's kind of the only option that he's got at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what then, would you do if you were Michael? You know, I think I'm going to... What's that other store? Like the big dollar? I think yeah. that Tracy went to work at. <laughs> I'm going to go see what they talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Come on, wait yeah, my odds I out first. I just don't think mm-hmm. I'm going to let Andrew be my boss. <laughs> Bet not. I'll even go pick up some shifts at the diner with Debbie. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I would. I mean, I don't care. Let me bust some suds back there, Mom. Let me get some. <laughs> For real. Um, okay, so then we get a very sweet scene with uh, Jennifer. She's over at the Novotny's house. So she's there with Debbie and Vic. And she is telling them about this experience, like what's going on from her standpoint, from a mom's standpoint with Justin. Uh, and she's telling him about about his nightmares and about his fits and how, you know, she's having a really hard time connecting with him. And I'm just really glad that they that she has them. Yeah. To share that with. They're really like her outreach program mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Like you see Debbie literally holding her hands, comforting her like that, letting her know it's going to be OK. Yeah. I mean, they really have been a great support system for her. Yeah. She can always pick up and pick up and come over there and be able to just be honest and open with them. Well, and there's. I just made myself mad thinking about this because I'm like, who else is she going to talk to? Because where has Craig been this whole yeah. time? Mm-mm. Was he ever at the hospital? Nah, yeah. You know what, Craig? Knowing Craig, he probably didn't come because he probably thought Brian didn't, was going to be Probably didn't because he's like, there. that's what he gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. For, you know, flaunting himself. That's yeah. what he gets. Yeah. We told like him not things. to do that. da 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 mm-hmm. 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 Uh, And so she doesn't have Craig. And then if she really is from that country club wasp world, then you are kind of shunned if you uh, if you are divorced or you've got some kind of scandal or something going on in your family, you Mm -hmm. get shunned. So Jennifer probably doesn't have another social outlet aside from Debbie and Vic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, In this scene, we also find out that Vic was a pastry chef and that Black Bottoms were his specialty. (laughs) Yo, I almost died when he said that. (laughs) Good play on words, Vic. Good play on words. Black Bottoms. Like a fool. (laughs) But uh, again, Debbie gets a good line here uh, and she says... If uh, if AIDS and gay bashes and Republicans and crackpot Christians can't destroy you, nothing can. Speaking yeah. of, to the gay community, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, so Justin will get through this as well. And I think that's good. And that's a line that today is still relevant, yeah. still needs to be heard. I mean, thinking about what the political climate has been in our country for mm-hmm. the past couple of years, you know, I think that's important to remember. It was an excellent message. Be strong. Be proud. Just know that we can always persevere through anything. That's right. You know, we really can. Just no gotta, matter how hopeless it looks. Yeah. Just yeah. stand proud. Stand strong in your beliefs. And it's going to work out. Uh, so as Jennifer's leaving, Debbie offers a polite suggestion. She says, you know, usually for a gay boy, his mom is his best friend. But that's not always the case. Sometimes he needs someone else. Someone that he wants to be close to. And so this is Debbie being subtle, which we've never seen Debbie never, try to be subtle. Ever. But, but she knows this is a delicate situation. But to tell Jennifer, hey, maybe he really does need to be around around Brian. Brian or the crew. Yeah. Yeah. And Jennifer says, I can look after him myself. And I think, in a way, I think that's some of her own guilt, you know, because she feels like if I'd have never let him just kind of go and be with Brian and do whatever, none of this would have happened. Uh, And I think it's important to her to feel like... She can nourish him back to health. Yeah, that she can be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. And that she should be the one to do it. And that she actually can do it. I mean, she's the mother. I mean, I'm pretty sure all moms feel like that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I understand where she's coming from. But at the same time, I mean, listen, you need to really know what's going to be his outlet. What's going to actually help him get better. Because he's struggling every single day, you know? You know... Uh, it wasn't this kind of situation, but I had, I went through like a somewhat traumatic experience when I was in college with my roommates and, uh, then we got separated for a time and then we decided to get together and go to lunch. This was like a week or so after it happened. And when I saw them, I mean, it was just, there was something about experiencing a trauma together that gave us a very unique bond. Mm -hmm. And they were like my lifeline during that time. And it was so it was so weird that it was just this overwhelming feeling, this overwhelming, like, I don't know, tether or whatever to them right after that. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that in this moment, Brian and Justin really do need each other to deal with this. Together. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they experienced it together and nobody else experienced it in the way that they did. I mean, we talked about how Daphne was somewhat involved, but that was a little bit different right yeah you know she wasn't there for the actual you know um altercation yeah and so there's this shared trauma that has created an even deeper bond with them and i really think that they might need to be with each other to heal from that for both of them and that's what i was about to say no one ever asked brian how is he after this he witnessed his love beaten severely could have cost him his life Mm -hmm. you know 
after having a wonderful time, mm-hmm. you know, like, and just because of his sexuality, right. not because, you know, he was starting trouble with some, with some guys or anything like that. I mean, he was doing nothing wrong, but living his best life and his life was almost taken from him. And Brian had to witness that, call the cops, blood all over him, you know, rush to the hospital. I mean, it was very traumatic right. experience for him. How is he doing? You right. know? Who is helping him work through it? He hasn't been to not one counselor session, no mm-hmm. therapist sessions or anything like that. So mm-hmm. how is Brian dealing with these things? Yeah, no, I think that is very valid. Yeah, because uh, even when Michael came back, he was mostly just asking him, have you gone to see Justin? Why aren't you going to see Justin? And so maybe you can make the argument that he was trying to do it that way. But no, it's like you said, somebody with a direct approach, Brian, how are you? Yeah. That's missing. Exactly. Like, I understand you hurting. Like, how are you handling and coping this situation? You mm-hmm. know, like, what can I do for you? What do you need? Do you need to talk? Do you need to vent to anybody? You know, those type of questions. Not, yeah. oh, have you, why have you going to see Justin? Da-da-da-da. I don't think that Michael was doing that. I think, I don't know. I don't think that he was suggesting or mentioning uh, inquiring about his actual yeah. you know health in that situation now, he really I think was I'll mentioning Justin I think I agree with you on that uh, so then we see Justin going to the loft and it's that same scene almost shot the same way mm-hmm. where Justin's running across the street and running up the steps and banging on the door and this time it is Brian and we're like yay but then we're quickly like oh no I thought it was a dream yeah. Yes. I was like, well, okay, he had another dream. Because Brian answers the door and his face is expressionless. And Justin says, I'm glad it's you. And of course, Brian doesn't know exactly mm-hmm. what he's talking about. And so he's like, well, who else would it be? And then he's just kind of standing there. And Justin's like, well, I nearly freaked out five times getting over here to see you because, you know, I want, I want to see you. I miss you. And um, Brian's like, well, you can nearly freak out leaving. Yeah, you're not coming in. Basically, not. you need to leave. And Justin, and so then he just slams the door. And Justin is like, why? Because they're past that being an acceptable thing without mm-hmm. explanation. And so Justin's like, no, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. But Brian won't tell him. And I can just imagine how hard that was for Brian to do that mm-hmm. and how much that hurt him to have to do that to Justin. So Knowing true. that Justin almost freaked out five times and how hard it is for him Mm-hmm. To be out in public right now. And then you immediately send him away with no explanation and you were mean to him. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, that was extremely difficult for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he did not want to do that. But again, he wants to respect um, Jennifer. So he had to push him away. Right. Okay. So then we are over at Ted's job and <laughs> we see that Ted <laughs> and his coworkers are Utilizing not looking at spreadsheets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh they are all watching porn, different variations of porn. And it's all kind of interesting types of porn. Yeah, too. it was all interesting. <laughs> I, it was it was it was hilarious, actually. Yeah. The stuff Ted <laughs> likes to watch. Okay, he's yeah. a big old freak. Ted has got some fetishes. Yeah, girl. I was like, okay, not the cone. Yeah. Not but, the cone. But so Ted's on the phone with Emmett, and I love their witty banter the whole time during that because uh, Emmett's like, oh, yeah, it's your coffee break. You're watching Mr. Fister. <laughs> <laughs> knows him all too well. Yeah, he does know him too well. 
Uh, so Ed, Ted is watching this uh, and drinking his coffee from his break. He accidentally spills the cup and it spills in into his lap. lap. So he's trying to blot out the stains there, and his boss walks in. Girl, I was <laughs> not a good dead. look. <laughs> not a good look. You're literally rubbing your crotch. You that is wet. Moan. Yes. Okay. You and you, you, you. The boss comes in. He's hearing moans come out of your computer. And then he looks at the screen and can see gay porn there. Yes. I mean, I don't know how you're going to explain that. Period. Yeah. Uh, so then we leave Ted with that predicament. And we go over to uh, Jennifer's condo. And we see that Justin is just destroying his room uh, just in a fit of rage. And his mom comes in and she's like, Justin, calm down. What's wrong? And then we see that he's put it together that... It's because of you. Mm -hmm. Like you're the reason Brian won't see me, and it's because of you. You told him not to see me anymore, didn't you? And she's like, Justin, calm down. She's trying to get him to understand, and he won't do. And so he pushes her. Okay, and let's just talk about that because it is a very like violent push. But it's like you said earlier, that's not normal, Justin. Yeah. And so that's how you know all of this isn't is related to the trauma. What he, that trauma, mm -hmm. yeah, and just how he's just um how he's been psychologically affected by what has happened because a logically thinking person would not do that but clearly he's not thinking logically mm -hmm. in that moment uh and i think also he is um this is really the first he's been so focused on trying to get back to good like even in the hospital they talked about how he was working so hard to be able to get out of there, you know, to recover right. as much of his strength as he could to be able to leave, really to be able to go see Brian. Right. Uh, and then he's been telling everybody, I'm fine. I'm okay. Don't I look okay? So he's been trying so hard to move past what happened or act like everything's okay and nothing happened um, that this is one of the first times that we see him having to really address what happened yep. to him, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk about the push. Uh, yeah, I was blown away because, like I said, we don't see Justin like that. Right. And he basically attacked his mother. I understand he was upset, mm -hmm. you know. His emotions were extremely high. He just got turned down by Justin. He put it together that his mom, I mean, he just got turned down by Brian. He put it together that his mom uh, instructed Brian not to come back over. So, yes, he's furious. And she, and like we said in the last episode, when Justin finds out, ooh, when yeah. Justin finds out, well, <laughs> Justin found out. Right. Okay. And, mm -hmm. She didn't like what, what happened to her because he, like, damn near knocked her over. Like, yeah. I mean, she literally screamed and fell over the bed. Right. I mean, he was not having it. I yeah. mean, but it could have been a lot worse. I was expecting him to start breaking windows. Because that is all, mm -hmm. th those are all real things that can happen mm -hmm. after a traumatic experience mm -hmm. like that. I mean, you look at soldiers with PTSD, yeah. like, all kinds of stuff happens. Absolutely. And so, really, the point I... The reason I bring this up is not to like justify what he did or say it's okay or whatever, but to people who might see that and be like, he is being such a brat all because he can't go see his little boyfriend. Like, no, it's, it's way, way more yeah, yeah. going on than that. Uh, like, I would almost call this like an anxiety attack or a panic Pan attack that mm -hmm, he's having because mm -hmm. he's definitely melting down. Like, he sees Brian almost as his anchor right for right now you know to help him heal and he really needs that anchor and without it of course he's just gonna be you know just all over the place True. and then when everyone's telling them telling re retelling him the story of what happened because clearly he doesn't remember they're telling him how lovey-dovey they were how beautiful right. and cute they were on the floor and the songs and the kisses and all this and that so why would you want to keep him away 
from that Mm -hmm. you know like that's the last memory or it's not he don't remember it but that's the last memory of everyone recalls that was peaceful of them together you know Mm -hmm. like and so that's what he's going off of and then for you to take that away from me and didn't even talk to me first after Mm -hmm. i am grown i'm 18 you know you should have consulted with me first before you made the decision. Right. You know? And I think that's a big part of it, too. Like, I'm not a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, even what Justin says, he says, you know, things are never going to be all right. You know, Chris should have just killed me. And I think when he says that for Jennifer, that's probably a the big wake-up wake call. call for mm-hmm. her. And she's like, okay, maybe I am a little bit out of my depth here. And maybe he does need some kind of help that try as I might, I can't offer to him. Right. Yeah. So I think that's when the wheel started turning, a little light bulb came on. She was like, I do need to reach out to someone. Yeah, know? I got to do something for my son. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that she, she definitely was not being selfish in this, but she was almost making his recovery about her. Right. Like, almost like she needed to be, like we said, she needed to be the one to, to help him in this. Mm-hmm. She was willing to do it. But now she's, I think that has shown her, I need to put just Justin yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it's about. It's mm-hmm. about Justin getting better. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we also get a reminder that Justin does have a little sister. Molly mm-hmm. was here. She's like, Mommy, why is Justin freaking yeah, out? They brought her back from boarding school. Apparently she gets to be at home one or two days a year. So. <laughs> oh, Molly. Oh, Molly. Uh, okay, so then we go to the gym and Emmett and Michael are working out and Ted is telling them that he got fired mm-hmm. from work and he accuses the guy of discrimination saying like, we were all looking at porn. I'm just the one who got fired because mine was gay porn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and that could be the case, it but it's really, to be. it, it could have, it could be. But the fact is, when the guy walked in, you got caught. <laughs> you got caught. Yeah. yeah, you are at you just work. Straight up, got caught. Yeah, right? I mean, everybody's gonna okay. Everybody's gonna never gonna be the perfect employee. Everybody's gonna do something, right? I mean, I stay in my Amazon cart, right? My work computer. That part. <laughs> Everybody, for real. Everybody's always gonna do something. But I mean, you don't just sit there and then when the boss comes in, you don't even. He didn't even try to hit no buttons. For real. Turn Muted. Like nothing. Like you didn't try to do <laughs> anything. You just scrubbing your crotch and looking, yeah. sir, sir. I mean, no. You were asking for. You it. have to have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> You have to be, you know what I'm saying, on your toes for things like that. You are at work, my friend. You are yeah. at work. Ooh, side note. Uh, one time I had to sit in on a termination um, interview for a guy that we were firing for that reason. Oh, for really? At work, yeah. That's a real fun. thing? It was very awkward. Oh, my God. <laughs> very, have... very awkward. Girl, that's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, so then we go over to the loft and Brian is there with a trick. And the trick is telling him a story about Citizen Kane. Have you ever seen Citizen Kane? No, no, but I need to go back as a, you know, thespian myself. <laughs> I need to actually go back and watch one of those classics, though. Yeah, I have not seen it either. But anyway, so the trick is giving Brian a bad Yelp review. And uh, Brian says, you know, oh, everyone's a critic. And the guy tells Brian, basically, well, you're highly overrated. I, all I've heard was like how great of a lay you are and you're highly overrated. But this is very important. It is. Because 
he's not performing up to par because his right. mind and heart isn't where it normally is. Right. So he's just doing these things because these are the normal Brian Kenny things to do, but he's not yeah, into it like anymore. like he's not feeling it. And especially because to Brian, that's where he gets his worth mm-hmm. is from his sexual ability, yes. his reputation there and, and his performance at work. And so if he's not caring about that, then that shows That's you the indicator, right? Yeah, there. what he thinks about <laughs> about his worth and just kind of where he's at mentally and emotionally right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the trick is all disappointed, and he's getting mad and getting ready to leave. He's all dressed, and Brian is walking him out the door because he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, I don't care." And as he opens the door, Jennifer Taylor is standing right there. <laughs> And Brian is fully nude. Yeah. Uh, and then here's a trick right there. And I can just imagine for Jennifer, and because you have to think about the pep talk she had to give herself yeah. to come over here and do this mm-hmm. after the last conversation she had with Brian. And then he opens the door and he's naked and he's got a trick center right there. And it's like, this is the person I want to bring my help. son to. Like, like, come on. This is the person that my son is going to let help him. And I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, she's probably Talk like... about swallowing that pride. Yeah. Yeah. But she does. Like, I mean, the fact that she's there. She does. And she, she regains all of her points and more mm-hmm. for me. She does for me, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Jennifer will go above and beyond for her kids. She mm-hmm. will. And, and I'm here for that. Because that's what it's always been about. Even in the... She was... Like we said, she was doing it the wrong way. But mm-hmm. it's always been about wanting to love Justin well and wanting mm-hmm. to take care of him. And now she sees, like, hey, doing that may not look the way I thought it was going to look, but she's still willing to do it. And I just love that storyline, too. As yeah. as the writers wrote that plot twist, I mean, just wrote that storyline in, I just absolutely love that. A, a mother who will go above and beyond yeah. for her child, although he is not what the standards or the normal standards should be, or they say should be, you know, with yeah. him being gay. So, I mean, the fact that she doesn't care, she's going to do whatever she has to do, whether that's let him go stay out with Debbie and them or right. go stay over at Brian's because she didn't have to let him go stay. At the time he was 17, he's still a minor. She's still his legal guardian. She's a parent. She did not have to let Debbie or anybody take over, but she was cool enough and yeah. loving enough to let go so yeah. he can grow and become the man that he is. That is some fierce love. And for as much as we love Debbie, Jennifer, I love Jennifer just as much because her love is just as fierce. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit more quiet, mm-hmm. maybe, than mm-hmm. Debbie's. But, yeah, absolutely. And also, it's a little more focused, too. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. Deb is, like, all over the place. <laughs> I think sometimes she'll push Michael to the wrong situation. Yes, just she's because, done that. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole David thing. Michael was trying to slow it down in the very beginning. She's like, oh, he's a doctor. He has this. He has da 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 You know, she was just seeing, you know, titles and things like yeah. that. I know for a fact that she loves Michael. She would she would kill for Michael. But I don't think sometimes she she really actually thinks it all the way through. Right. Yeah. She's very just kind of in the moment. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like, you know, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But okay, so Jennifer has seen Brian Nakes trying to recover from that. (laughs) But I feel like. If you go to the loft, there's at least a 50% chance you're going to see Brian naked. Because so, I don't think it's the first time she, he's opened a door like that. No. No. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, not for us. But I mean, for her, like she, when she came her, the first time. I feel like she at least got a peek of something. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hopefully she can see now why her son loves coming over there. You know. <laughs> 
I wonder if she's like, okay, Justin, you know. Like, Go boy, I see you. You know, that's my son. He did that. Yeah, I taught him well. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, well, so she walks in and she says, um, well, your place is glamorous. And he says, does the trick. And she says, I imagine. Uh, that's how, <laughs> These punchlines, though, oh, are yeah. everything. They were on point yeah. this episode. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, these one-liners. Um, we find out also that Jennifer is now a realtor because... She's divorcing and so has had to get back. Yeah, had to get a job. And she's walking in. Brian goes over to the refrigerator to grab a drink. And then I can tell you can tell he's just uncomfortable. And the last conversation he had with Jennifer was not a good one. Mm -hmm. And so he just snaps. He's not here. And then she says, I know that's why I need a favor. And he says, I already did you one. And she says, this one's for him. I want you to take him. I want you to take my son. And just just in those few lines, you know, Brian's like, if you're here looking for Justin, I did what you said is basically what he's telling mm-hmm. her. You asked me to do that, even though it was hard for me, even though I don't agree with that. I did what you said. And then when she says, I need you to do a favor for him. I think that's how she knows. that get him in. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to take him and then just a quick little note Brian's gonna make a sandwich and he pulls out an avocado some bread some hot sauce and some peanut butter what kind of sandwich that, that, what like, that's what I sandwich thought. spread is that avocado <laughs> or hot sauce I think he must be clear. he must he be flustered he's either pregnant or flustered <laughs> Lord have mercy. Did you read spoilers? No. <laughs> I knew it, girl. I knew he was pregnant. They yeah. told everything, okay? <laughs> um. So then Jennifer tells him, she says that he won't let anyone touch him or, or near him. He shows no emotion unless it's rage and he has nightmares. And she says the worst part is standing there helpless. And she says, do you know what that feels like? And I'm like, yeah, he yeah. knows exactly what that he feels was like. There, prom mm-hmm. night, helpless. Yeah, and then he's just like, "What do you, what do you want from me?" And then she says, "I want you to touch him. I want you to help him be touched." And, then- and Brian <laughs> cannot wait to shade her ass. Okay, and he just busts out with, "You want me to fuck him?" Okay, <laughs> I was here for it because she needed to hear that. Well, she did, but also he is upset with her. Yeah. She hurt his. She hurt him because that man had tried everything. He was going to the hospital every day. He wasn't even letting it be known that he was going because he wasn't looking for any praises, okay? Right. He was there trying to help Justin catch a ball sitting at, at their porch. Yeah. He don't have to do any of that, but he did. And then you had to... Know, okay, I'm not going to be mad again because she redeemed herself. <laughs> she redeemed herself. She did redeem herself. But, yes, but he's she upset. Did, he is upset. She did hurt him. And Brian's like, I've got to get in some little kind of jab. Yeah, well, you know, and I think he hit it with the jab and the uppercut. Pow, pow. Yeah, okay. but she says if i'm ever gonna see my son return to the way he was before then yeah if that's what it takes mm-hmm. you know and <laughs> do that but she's like he needs it. and i think jennifer is pretty smart too and she knows why brian said it that way yeah um yeah so she's not offended that he said it that way because she knows she knows that she heard him yeah and she also knows that brian is an intelligent guy mm-hmm. and she also knows that brian does have love for her son mm-hmm. at the same time I mean, he's not going to put up any crap, you know? Right. Like, she knows that he's definitely there for the real deal. And yeah. he would take excellent care of him, like he's always has. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, aside from those little bumps along the way in season one, but <laughs> I mean there was a few bumps, but you know Brian Kenny was trying to get over who. But Brian at the Kenny end was, of the day, you know? he would do right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so then we go to Melanie and Lindsay's house, and Melanie has taken over the swing set because the only way poor Gus is going to be able to use this is if Melanie intervenes. <laughs> okay, because Brian was like, "Let's just hire somebody." Okay, like I'm not. Yeah. I don't even know what this tool is. Yeah, right? a gratchet. Yeah. I don't know what a gratchet is. Yeah, I was thinking, I, I didn't want to sound stupid. I was like, a gratchet. Yeah. But your grandfather was a mechanic and stuff. So I was like, that I thought you true. knew. So I thought I you knew. I probably know that, but I, but I, I don't. Like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, and so Ted is there talking to them, you know, trying to get some legal advice from Melanie. And she tells him that um, there are no laws in that state preventing discrimination against gays in the workplace. Uh, Which progress is terrible. has been made, but at that time, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So progress, yes, has been made now, but 20 years ago, I mean, can you imagine how many states had that in play? Yeah. And how many businesses was doing that? Mm-hmm. How many people's livelihoods was taken away just because of their sexual orientation? That's why everybody had to hide it. Right. You know, I mean, it was just terrible. I mean, I feel like that's why kids were committing suicide because they had exactly. no outlets mm-hmm. to talk to. They had no one to talk to. Everybody's telling you to keep it quiet. Hush it up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just scary. That's just, I mean, it's sad. Yeah, it is sad to not even be able to go to work and where you're not even like, it's like you're on dates or you're dancing. You're not doing anything. No. You're just at work. And then, yeah, just for Ridiculous. being who you are, uh, yeah, you can be fired or whatever. Or just harassed or, yeah, yeah. it's awful. Um, But so Ted was like, well, no go there on the legal side. So he gets up and, you know, he's still kind of up in arms. Uh, And so Lindsay goes back to talking about their wedding. And she had had a dream where it, there would be this beautiful spot outside in their yard and she talks about how, you know, she just saw it all in her head. And she's like, you know, but I'll let that go. Uh, you know, Mel, I think you're right. The time to be romantic has passed and we have to be practical from now on. And, you know, I promise to never bring it up again. And so Melanie's looking at her saying all this and she's like, wait, that's not what I, that's mm-hmm. not exactly what I meant. That's not what I intended. And so then it's almost like Mel is wanting to kind of backtrack on her stance a little bit. Yeah. She doesn't say anything, but you can just kind of see it. You can it. see it in her face. Yeah. And I wonder if Lindsay is like stirring the pot a little oh, bit. Oh, Lindsay is definitely <laughs> stirring the pot because she feels it, but she's acting yeah. like she doesn't, you know? So she's definitely stirring it. She's feeling this. She's feeling it. Yeah. And I wonder if Lindsay had the little girl come up there and, <laughs> you know, and, and play like that. Oh, yeah. Later at the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that Melanie doesn't want to see Lindsay give up on her dream. Uh, but yeah, I would not be surprised if Lindsay was orchestrating that. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't well, know. Do I kind of like fun? to have a little fun where Lindsay's concerned because her motives are always a little bit hard to pin down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's hard to read sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Brian and Justin in the Jeep and Justin is mocking Jennifer. It's like, oh, she thought she could keep me away from you. Uh-uh. And, uh, Brian's like, hey, if you're going to be a little brat, you can just get out of the car and walk back home. And Justin says, well, what's the matter with you? And Brian tells her that she was trying to do the right thing. You don't know how lucky you are to have a mom like that. So sweet. Mm-hmm. That was so a sweet, wonderful, yeah. wonderful comment. Yeah, because you know Justin always, you know, as a child and at that age, you probably think your parents are always out to get you. Yeah, and not to help you, especially with her telling Brian to stay away and things like that, and it upset him so much. Um, the fact that Brian came to her defense and was like, "Listen, she was being a parent. She was doing the best thing that she thought she was doing right. You know, right? She was trying to help you. She wanted this for the good for you." And um, 
he stood up for her. So, I mean, I'm here for that. That, yeah. that was wonderful. Yeah, he doesn't let him lay into Jennifer. And that's not the first time he's done that. And, like, that is, you know, one of the things that I do like about this relationship. Because it is such a weird one. Because Justin's so much younger. Uh, but he is always trying to redirect him to help him keep that relationship with his mom. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that, that about him. And so then Justin says, well, now I get to stay with you. <laughs> because basically, <laughs> yeah, his mom realized that's the right thing. Now I get to stay with you. <sighs> and then Brian says, well, just until you get better. And Justin says, well, there's nothing wrong with me except for my gimp hand. And then he curses Chris Hobbs. But it's like, no, Justin, there's more wrong with yeah. you, baby. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, just, he thinks he's fine because he can talk and walk and he's around Brian again. Yeah. But baby, you got some psychological damage going on right yeah. now. You know, I wonder if... I don't know. We hadn't. We haven't talked about this, but let's do it now. I wonder if part of him thinks he needs to do that to make Brian still want him because he knows like Brian doesn't want somebody who's like weak and mm -hmm. you know insecure and got all these issues. Oh. I, I just I wonder. Good question. Even if it's just like a five percent of right, him, I right. wonder. That's probably something that is in the back of his mind. Like I have because he probably thinks to be with Brian I have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. Ooh. Good one. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. That just that just crossed my mind. So I wanted to throw throw that out there for us to talk about. What do you guys think? What do y'all think about that? Leave us a comment on that for sure. Do yeah. you think that Justin is, you know, in his mind thinking, you know, oh, I have to be okay for Brian because I don't want to appear to be weak and I don't want him to not want me. So let us know what y'all think. Yeah. Uh and uh you know, when Justin makes the comment about his gimp hand and he curses Chris, Chris Hobbs, Brian says, just don't think about it. And I want to highlight that point because this is Brian telling Justin basically how he's been dealing or not dealing with it by mm -hmm. just trying to not think about it, which we saw in episode one where he's mm -hmm. staying high or drunk or yeah. out all night or whatever. Yeah, you know? keeping his mind yeah. busy. And that didn't really work for Brian. And also it kind of puts a period on things. So then it's like between them, the conversation about the bashing and its aftermath is mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, don't think about it. You yeah. Know? Don't think, just don't like, think about there's it. There's no so, discovery in that. You know? Yeah. And uh, there is no room for them to just kind of. Right talk through that together and so it is left to be determined if that's a good thing or a bad thing right yeah seriously uh so justin does ask him how come you're doing this and brian makes a joke like what driving with no hands and justin says no letting me stay with you but of course of course brian's gonna deflect deflect avert avoid that's his thing <laughs> you know driving with no hands uh but no just says uh, letting me stay with you and brian says well why don't you why do you care it's what you want because yeah. those are, those questions are hard for him to answer yeah you can't because then he would have to show emotion mm -hmm. you know like i care for you and i want to help you get better but yeah. no he's gonna put it back on him no why you know, that's what you wanted right yeah like you wanted this <laughs> yeah say you did when we saw how he was uh without having justin in his life yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> so when he couldn't be a part of justin's recovery or even have justin be a part of his recovery mm -hmm. we saw how how that was for him but oh no this is all you know you this wanted you. this you, you so wanted you got this. it <laughs> yeah i did this for you yeah and so justin knows that he's not going to give him a straight answer so he's just gonna you know change it go on a different route and so he says i know why it's because you love me madly passionately <laughs> deeply just like i've always suspected <laughs> i love it and so i think both of them know that there's a, probably a little bit of truth to that but right. the most important thing for justin was 
he knows how to lighten the mood mm-hmm. and when it needs to be lightened mm-hmm. with Brian. Yeah. And I think Brian appreciates that about him. Uh, so then we see Emmett and Michael have reported for work. <laughs> and, uh, oh, because I need to go back. So while they were at the gym and Ted was telling them that he got fired, Emmett was looking at the wanted ads for himself mm-hmm. for some extra income because he's still working at Torso, but also for Michael, who's now in need of uh, a job. <laughs> and uh, so he found this, like... They needed some, you know, just some domestic housework needed. You know, he found this ad. He got hooked him and Michael up to go do this. So now they have reported for work (laughs) and Michael's a little nervous. And so Emmett helps him out by reminding him that waiting tables is his family business. (laughs) (laughs) And he encourages him to make his mom proud. (laughs) Yo, I am so dead. Okay. They get there and the guy is like, well, you know, you need to get dressed. And then they said, well, we need our outfits. And so the guy hands them each a little bag and they open it. And then Michael says, well, where's the rest of the tuxedo? <laughs> because the only thing in there is the bow tie and the cummerbund. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Everything was out. Just swinging in the wind. Yeah. And so then we find out that they are going to be naked waiters. And uh, there's this table of older gay men. <laughs> and Emmett is uh, trying to cover himself with bottle of red wine yeah. bottle of white wine mm-hmm. <laughs> and michael is serving shrimp balls with some very interesting garnish on top <laughs> no it's just gross <laughs> it's terrible but oh my god and i can't believe michael has this thing as i'm calling <laughs> literally just out on the food you know? yeah. like this is just crazy but wow, they look so fun. I mean, low-key, I wanted to be there. You know, that, that was, that's ex- adventurous. That's fun. And apparently some degree of touching is allowed, but Michael does get in a good little one-liner here. Keep your hands off the tenderloin. Yeah, oh, that was so funny to me. Oh, my God. That banter, that whole little scene was funny. It was yeah, a lot this, of comedic This episode timing. is very funny, like, mm-hmm. uh, with the comedic timing of things. Even, it's a very heavy episode, but they balance it with a lot of light and funny moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then back at the loft, Brian is in bed with, uh, and Justin is coming out of the bathroom, and Brian is laying there naked. And I think they're both trying to, like, play it cool and act like they're all composed. But But it is awkward because it's been a little while for them. And even though I'm sure that the want and the desire is there, there's a question of ability Mm -hmm. that is kind of lingering in the room. Um, And so, because Justin has, still has this fear of of touching people or being touched. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you watch the scene, it's almost like neither one of them are really prepared for yeah. this. It's almost <laughs> like know? their first time ever yeah. encountering each other. Yeah, know? well, I don't know. Because I think that they both expected that the other person expected it, right. you know? And so they're both acting like everything's okay and normal. But I think it's for the other person's benefit. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to make the other person comfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though they're not necessarily comfortable. And I also think that they feel like being able to connect again in this way will help. Right. You know, they know it's important, but we've talked about like they do their best communicating physically. Right. And so to them, I think they know that it's important to be able to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Justin comes to bed and Brian's like, oh, why are you way over there? Come closer. Which was super cute. Yeah, it was so cute. Yeah. And uh, then he says, oh, well, you should take off some of your clothes. You might get overheated. Uh, <laughs> that was so And like adorable. Justin totally picks up on what's going on. Uh-huh. And so he's kind of got a little smile. And he's really trying. He's trying to move closer. And he's 
like, okay, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. And so they share a quick and sweet kiss. And then Brian's almost immediately says, roll up, turn over, roll (laughs) over. And he says it in, I guess, a nice way, but it's just like, it was like no foreplay. There was yeah, nothing there. exactly. No build up <laughs> to like it. Just you want to get to the wham bam. Thank you, man. Yeah. Like, and God. I guess they were trying to skip that, thinking like, okay, if we put as few hurdles in place as possible, then we can just kind of get mm-hmm. to the end goal. And maybe that's why they skipped it. But it was just like, yeah. Because oh. normally they don't do that. Normally they have a whole little rendezvous. Yeah. Know, so. Well, they've been at Babylon dancing, mm-hmm. or they've been. It's just been like this this buildup for yeah. some time. But yeah, that is not what's happening here. And it's been at least, I'm going to guess, at least two months right. for and the two of them. You can just sense the awkwardness because there has never been a scene where Brian and Justin are in the same bed and Justin is far on the edge of the bed, right. far away. Mm-hmm. Never. He's always um, underneath Brian or they're laying on top of each other. Or their legs are crossed, touching, some right. type of touch. Mm-hmm. But they were so far apart. They was doing like the uh, the six feet apart separation. <laughs> they social distancing. Yeah, social distancing. <laughs> like, God. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, because of all these things that we've talked about, they don't get very far. Yeah. Like, they basically, don't. they get into position, but then yeah. nothing gets in. So. That, that's nothing. But that uh, reaction he gave was real. I'm telling you, he he, he sucked back up like a virgin. <laughs> So that, 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 rea- that reaction is real. He just kind of yeah. raised it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but Justin is very uncomfortable and he's very fearful, you know. And I think Brian likely has his own worries and concerns and fears, right. you know. So, yeah, uh, and Justin rolls away and Brian tries to comfort him, but he's like, how do I do that if how. I can't touch yeah. him? And he's out of his depth with that whole thing. And he's not wanting to make a big deal about it, but it kind of is a big mm-hmm. deal. And he says, it's okay. And then Justin's like, no, it's not okay. Because, again, this is one of the few times that Justin's having to acknowledge, I'm not okay. Things right. are not okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we go to Woody's, and Brian is talking to a guy, and we find out it's a therapist. Uh, mm-hmm. A friend of his that he knows is a therapist. And this is a very Brian Kenny way to do therapy. Just at a the beer, bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the, with an, probably an old trick. Yeah, not traditional at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, because he's got to have a cover. You know, yeah. if he's doing something good, it's got to have a cover. And so, yeah, that's what that's what this is. <laughs> and that was a smart way to do it, though. It really you know? is. It's probably easier to talk that way. Yeah. You know, opposed to being, feel like you're being judged and watched and, you know, Right, because he, he's not going to go sit and lay on someone's couch right, and talk to right. them. But also, you get from the scene, this is not the first time that they have indirectly talked about Brian's issues in his life or whatever because mm-hmm. the guy says, you know, you've got all these undiagnosed <laughs> issues, mm-hmm. but you managed to cope, uh, seemingly. <laughs> and, and Brian says, oh, you know, well, it's a series of, like, hopeless addictions, never seeing a shrink. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> part, like that. okay. But it just shows how important Justin is to him and how important the situation with Justin is because that's what he's there to talk to him yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Because the guy says, um, so you tried to touch him, you tried to hold him, and he wouldn't let you. And Brian's like, yeah, basically, I don't know like, what yeah, else to I do. Don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm at the end of the rope. Yeah, and then the guy says, well, that's that's normal, you know, for for him to for him to react that way, you know, to kind of not be in charge of his emotions or his body. You know, it's, that's normal for him to react that way. 
And then Brian says, but he'll get over it, right? Like he wants to know yeah. that Justin's gonna get get better. And not for the sex part of it. No, like, he just he wants, wants him back to yeah, normal. He, yeah, exactly. He wants him to get better. And the therapist explains it to him and he tells him that Justin's memories are locked up and you have to trigger his memory. He needs to feel the pain, which it's like, oh man, you kind of wish it would be a different way. Because Brian doesn't want to relive that. Right. I mean, that's terrible for him to have to walk back down that same avenue. Right. And he doesn't want to have to hurt Justin mm-hmm. in order for him to, to yeah. bring To rejog his memory. And yeah, bring to kind of get so. out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he's locked into. Um, but yeah, that's the advice that he gets from the therapist. So then we see Michael and Emmett and they are rubbing some lotion on each other after the, <laughs> the touching and pinching. From well, yeah, the, they uh, needed it because those old men <laughs> pinched the hell out of, uh, yeah, they had uh, like red marks all red, <laughs> like lobsters got to it. Little crawfish yeah. or something. I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, so while they're doing that, Ted is also you know, telling them, because he's still trying to figure out what to do about his job situation. And Emmett's like, I'll tell you what to do. Sue him. Sue him for $10 million. No, $20 million. <laughs> And then Ted tells him, well, there are no laws that cover that. So that option is out. But then Ted tells him, I'm going to go talk to him. And I'm going to tell him that this is wrong. It was discrimination. And he says, and then I'm going to beg and grovel. Yeah. And then Michael's like, yes, that's a good plan. <laughs> and Emmett's like, what is wrong with y'all? What's wrong with the two of you? Where's your dignity? As he takes a call to book another naked waiting gig. Mm, a little naked caterer. <laughs> a little naked buff, but, um, butler. I love that. <laughs> yeah. They paying good, too. $100 they an did. hour? They made $500 each. Yeah, each. Okay, that's, that's, that's split. a lot of money. Per hour. Yeah, per I mean, hour. you know, a hundred dollars per hour? That's a lot of money. Yeah, and all, all it was was a, a few looks and a, a couple of pinches. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me my stack. I mean, I cannot make that. Bring I cannot my do that. stack. But you, if I get you the gigs, can I get a percentage? Yeah, how okay. You know, like finder's fee is like the okay. hey, manager's fee. I got yes. you. I got yes. you. Yes. Okay. You. That's how we will work this okay. then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She ain't gonna pimp me out, y'all. Okay. I don't know what she thinks <laughs> no, this you is. you were pimping yourself okay, out. I, don't know I was just trying to find a way to make. All right, you ain't gonna make nothing about me. Okay. <laughs> okay, so back over at the loft, uh, Brian has taken the guy's advice and he's even pulled Daphne in on this, you know, mm-hmm. and so they are rearranging things in the loft because this is important yeah. to Brian. And I love Daphne because she is like, she's down for the cause where Justin is concerned. Yep. She's like, all right, tell me what you need from me. I'll be there. Yeah, I know. And I love that they recreated um, prom. Yeah, they did. They really did recreate the whole thing. Uh, and Daphne is walking him through it. And she's still, she can still see it in her mind. And to her, it's such a beautiful thing because she well, didn't see the negative. Right. And mm-hmm. so she still got that, that smile from the memory of it. But, and, and then eye. Justin's got nothing, mm-hmm. you know, cause he doesn't remember it and he's just being told and he's really trying hard to place things mm-hmm. in his mind or to find things in his mind, but he just can't do it. And then you have Brian, who remembers the good, but also remembers the, the very, bad. very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the three of them, like we said, are recreating prom. And Daphne tells them, we were dancing. And then Brian walked in, and he looked really hot. And yeah. <laughs> uh, he came, and y'all were dancing. And then she plays the song, mm-hmm. Save the Last Dance. And Justin is... And, and they're showing, like, flashbacks of how it happened. And there's such a difference 
in the two of them, yeah. you know? Because they're dancing, recreating the same moves that they were doing on the floor, but they were so in sync yeah. at the prom. And then it's so like, I don't know, I don't want to use awkward again, but something's but it was a little just, off. Yeah, you know? and I think Justin, I think he's starting to feel a little weird. And mm-hmm. not necessarily uncomfortable, but he like, he wants to remember, but he doesn't. And then he fi- probably feels bad because he doesn't remember. It just mm-hmm. feels a certain way because he doesn't. Because he pulls a Brian Kenny in this moment. He says, we dance to this corny song. And uh, I think he's just like nervous or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. But right. yeah, he just tries to deflect like Brian usually does. And Brian says, I prefer to think of it as ridiculously romantic. Because um, that's how they define it out in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anyway, I think about that parking garage scene makes me, I'm going to I'm gonna have to just move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, in the Daphne tells him again that, that, you know, Brian kissed him. And then Justin says, you kissed me in front of everybody. And, Brian says, yeah, you should have been there. And I'm like, stop trying to make me cry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Because here was Brian's biggest romantic gesture. Here was him in his own way laying things out mm-hmm. on the line, you know, kind of showing all of his cards, or at least most of his cards, even one of his cards. Yeah. <laughs> and A card. Yeah, and this night was so important to him. This was so important for him to be there for for Justin to make him happy. This is so important to Brian. And Justin cannot remember any of it. But here is something. The fact that, yes, because this is tied to Justin regaining his memory and possibly just his recovery, even if he doesn't regain all the memories necessary for his recovery, for him to be able to unlock some of this. But also, Brian could have just said, oh, yeah, I came. It was whatever. But he wants Justin to know yeah, how special that night was. He's being detailed mm-hmm. with the whole um, recount of the night. Yeah, he is. Uh, so then we see Michael, and he's back at the big cube. <laughs> yeah, he, he was did. like, you know, the maybe, you know, waiting tables is for my mom, but that's not for me. <laughs> that apple did fall far from the tree. Far. <laughs> and, uh so he went back to the big queue, and someone has done something terrible to Tracy's hair. <laughs> I, did you, uh, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. I none. did notice that. Lord. It was probably Marley. Marley probably did uh, it. She's like, oh, let me do your hair for your date tonight. Your I'm boyfriend. so happy we didn't see her. Okay. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Like, Lord have mercy. Maybe she don't work anymore. She got fired, too, for being hopefully. a mean uh, Hopefully. Finally, HR finally dealt got with her. Uh, with Marley. But uh, so Andrew is being a jerk and he's going to make Michael stay late and uh, and work. He's like, oh, so somebody called in or something like that. And so, Michael, you have to be the one to say and take care of it unless you don't want to do your job. Basically. Yeah, I mean, and who says that? And Michael had just pulled a 10 hour shift, mm-hmm. you know, like, but uh, 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 so you you don't you don't want to do your job like, man, if you don't yeah. stop. I just I'm saying I could never be back there. I could never work for him at yeah. all. Period. No, no, no. Or I would be recording everything and getting his job <laughs> taken from him. And yeah. Becoming a new manager again. Uh, so back to your point earlier about Brian being very detailed. He is he takes Justin back to the parking garage and um Brian is again telling him what happened and he is he remembers every single detail of that night mm-hmm. and that's what he's uh relaying to Justin there 
And Justin, again, is trying very hard to just see if any of it sounds familiar mm-hmm. or just kind of sparks something in his mind. And he's, you know, kind of getting nothing. Um, and then I do like when Brian says, he tells him, you know, we were at the Jeep and we were just kind of goofing. We were dancing and I said later, and you know, we said later and you were walking away and you smiled. You smiled. He said, and that's when I knew why Debbie calls you, you sunshine. sunshine. Yeah. Because yeah. he lights up the room. He does. Okay. Oh, he lights up the room. And I was like, oh my God. And you could see that when he said that, that hit just in a certain type of way. Yeah, it did. You he know? turned around and looked yeah, at it. It yeah. warmed him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, wow. That was mm-hmm. like, oh. Well, that's just such a. Brian only, he does that, you know, not that often. It's so rare. That's what I was looking for. It's so rare that Brian drops little gems like that. And so Justin's like, I just want you to know I picked that yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I caught that. Yeah. Um, and so Brian, as he's retelling the story, he kind of finally comes unglued and just screams out like, Christ. Like, then he says, don't you remember anything? Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard for him to, I mean, he's living it every yeah, day anyway. Every and then day. to have to walk. Justin through it like that is really killing him and just like Justin's memory is locked Brian has been locked in that memory himself and he's been locked in it alone Mm -hmm. by himself and I think Justin realizes that because Brian is almost in tears Mm -hmm. and Justin walks over to him and he says to him "Uh, I wish I could remember and Brian says I wish I could forget right that was very powerful. Yeah, yeah, and because he doesn't want Brian to be trapped alone in those memories. Mm-hmm. He's not going to ask Brian, "How are you doing, Brian?" because he knows what kind of answer he'll get to that. Yeah. But this is his way of saying, "I realize that you've been dealing with this alone, and so just as much as I need you for my recovery, mm-hmm. I'm here for your recovery as well." Yep. And um I think that's very sacrificial and compassionate of Justin. Because he'd rather remember every single detail of the worst moment mm-hmm. of his life just to be able to, to take help the Brian. Pain off of Brian, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that he won't be alone in that. And so, yeah, just those two lines I wish I could remember, I wish I could forget, they explain that whole scene yeah. and what's going on uh-huh. with the two of them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, so then Ted goes to Mr. Wurtschefter's office. And he's telling him, like, look, I feel like you were discriminating against me because I'm gay when I was doing the same thing that everybody else here was doing. And Mr. Wurtschafter said, you gays, you know, you're always thinking there's something when there's nothing. And I was all ready to, like, jump on him because of mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but uh, and I probably still could. But then he tells Ted, this is company policy. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to use the work computer for personal stuff and definitely not that kind of personal yeah. stuff. I mean, so, I mean, we already hit it before. You got caught doing right. some I things that you... Right, I mean, that's just you, what it is, dude. Yeah, you, you were doing things that you know you shouldn't have been doing. Yes, everybody was doing it, but if everybody jumped off the bridge, are you jumping too? You know? <laughs> yeah. And originally, I did think it was... Um, um, discrimination. Discrimination, yes. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but look, once he kind of kind of broke it out, yeah, yeah I, I then feel like, it, okay, you know? maybe you still are a homophobic jerk. Maybe, yeah, but, but you did you fire Ted because of, yeah, yeah, he violated company policy. And so that's whatever. And then he also made a good point when he asked yeah. Ted, too. He asked him, like, hey, are you living and breathing? Is your heart racing for being an accountant? And yeah. Ted answers honestly and says, no, it isn't. He was like, well, I did you a favor. You should always do things that you love to do, that's not right. that you're just going through the motions, basically. Yep. So, I mean, like, yeah, one door closes for another one to open. That was his blessing. I literally have that written down in my uh, notes. 
<laughs> that is funny. Well, you know, great minds. Great minds yes, do think right. alike. But I literally had that written down. And so now I can't decide if I'm so happy or mad because you took my <laughs> comments away. But That's anyway, funny. good for Ted. Um, because he doesn't have the personality to quit. And so it's like he said when they were in the diner, he would have kept that job for another 30 years mm-hmm. and then retired to Boca, like he said, yep. and just been there just chugging away, doing the accountant thing, you know. Just going through the motions because he's not happy. Right. He wasn't fulfilling any passions or anything like that. So Exactly. So, yeah, he kind of did him a favor. Yep. Uh, so then we go to Gus's birthday party. Gus is turning one. Um, that was a fast year. It was a very fast year. Mm-hmm. And I'll just make a quick comment here. You could make some arguments about the timeline in this show, but you know, real life is full of enough stuff to be negative about. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well, then we'll just go off our timeline because it took us a year. You know it's a real, it took us yeah. a year. Yeah, so, exactly. for us, it really has been mm-hmm. <laughs> been a year to get through season one. Um, so, uh, yeah. At, uh, the birthday party and the kids are there. All the Liberty Avenue gang is there. And Melanie is thanking everyone for coming. And we see Brian and Justin and they're kind of tucked away over on the porch. And we know that Justin loves Gus and he's very close to Melanie and Lindsay. In Under normal circumstances, he would be, he right, would be right there with them. Probably holding him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right there in the thick of things. And so you can just kind of guess that it's probably a challenge for him to come to this party and even though these are f- some familiar faces that's a whole a lot, lot of people a lot of people for mm-hmm. him to be around when he's still not back at his normal and so yeah he and brian are over on that porch together um then a little girl comes up to melanie and Lindsay because they're like hey it's our baby's first birthday and they're just you know feeling the love and celebrating each other and their baby and so they're kind of kissing and a little girl comes over and asks, are you two married? <laughs> and then uh, she's kind of like this awkward, uh, ask yeah. your parents in about 20 years. <laughs> that part. I'm telling you, Lindsay set that up. She paid the little girl $5 you afterwards. You know she did. She's going to go find her after. Good job, yeah, honey. Good job, honey. You said it exactly you like I told you. You said it right on up. <laughs> yep. Uh, so then we see Michael and he has also gone over by himself. And he's on that swing set that Melanie thankfully got together for little baby Gus. And Debbie comes over to him with um, a slice of cake and he's just kind of down and in the dumps. And he says, you know, she says she's telling him about his first birthday party. And she's like, you know, things don't change or, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same or something along those lines. And Michael says, well, things have changed. I've been left behind. Everyone else has moved on. And he says, I feel lost. And Debbie says, oh, honey, you're not lost. <laughs> just, she said, you're just kind of full of it, which. That's all facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Get over yourself, Michael. Listen, it's been a month and a half. Yeah. I mean, Michael acts like he went to Mars for five years and came yeah. back and everybody's life was different. Melanie and Lindsay were already together, already had that baby. Uh, Brian and Justin were already Brian and Justin. And. Emmett is still changed. doing the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Nothing changed. Ted All you just did was... lost his job yeah, today. So, like, so what it. has changed? And you come back doing drugs, going to the back room, and thotting. Like, <laughs> boy, you were gone a, a blink. Yeah. Like, stop it, okay? Yeah. It's not that things have changed, Michael. No, it's what it's always been. You have not figured out your own life and your own path yep. separate and apart from everybody else. And now it's just more obvious because... 
people don't have time to cater to you as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're still, they still love you. You're still their friend, but they have other things going on, other priorities. Yeah. And he's struggling right now because he literally has nothing. They wake up every day and go somewhere. I kind of see where he's coming from, but bruh, it's a pity party. Get up off of that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Time to leave that, that party alone. Yeah. Well, what she does tell him is that you're only lost if you're alone. You're still surrounded by those same people, mm-hmm. Michael. And so it's like, okay, just figure out who you are first and then figure out what you want to do in life and then get up and go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not as deep as you're making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not to, you know, make light of his issues, but it's still not as deep as he's making it. Yeah. So yeah. true. Uh, so then Gus is opening his gifts and he receives a baseball bat as one of his gifts. And so they're like helping him swing it around. And uh, we see Justin flinches. Yeah. And then Brian is like right there. He, right but he's so um, aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he could see it immediately when it happens. And he like, oh, Justin needs me. Let me get there. Yeah. And he comes over. And um, and Justin has little flashes, you know, like, so, I mean, that's making progress. Mm -hmm. He's having these little flashes of what was going on, but that bat triggered him. Probably not in the best of ways, but we need him in in that type of way. Like, we know it's not going to be happy moments. We know it's not going to be peaceful, but he needs to be, he needs those triggers to re, you know, juvenile. If that was going to be the key to unlock, like we talked about, not necessarily the memories, but for him to be able to start to heal and move forward, we needed needed that key, whatever form it had to come in. And it's so interesting what the key ended up being because Daphne and Brian tried to recreate, you know, as close as they could. But they left the trauma. The exact thing. Um, I mean, even took him to the parking garage, like Uh to the, you know, to the same place and none of that worked. So, that's what we were talking about, I think, in the last episode. You never know what's going to be a trigger right, for right. him. And so, it, yeah, it ended up being ended up being that that bat. And I think you pointed this out as we were watching. Brian is so in tune with him. Like, the second Justin yeah. flinched, Brian looked over at him, mm-hmm. you know, and called out his name. And then immediately just, like, wrapped him right. in his arms. And I think there we get to see um, a visual of what... Justin was trying to explain to Jennifer, like, this is why I need him. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so true. Absolutely. Uh, so now the party's over and Lindsay is outside and she's taking down decorations from the yard. And Melanie comes over to her and she tells her that the little girl, Lindsay's plan <laughs> to pay off the little girl. The little girl got her thinking because she said, you know, one day our son is going to ask us that question. And I don't want to have to tell him that it's because we wouldn't give ourselves permission to yeah. be to be married. And uh, so then she starts, she takes Lindsay's version or vision of what their wedding could be like in the yard. And she kind of tweaks a few things. And then she tells her, if it's not too late to be romantic, Lindsay Peterson, will you marry me? And I love how Lindsay's <laughs> like, mm, I don't even hear you, girl. I don't yeah, see she you. Made a, yeah, she made a wait for it. Yeah, made, made a wait for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, but then she does ultimately say yes, and uh, you just I see them being cried. genuinely happy together. Yeah, no, I almost cried. Like, yeah, was it was very sweet. But I love them together, though. I do. I freaking love them. So she jumps off that ladder right into her arms. Okay, <laughs> Melanie got some um, biceps on her because she, she was on that. I was like, okay. All right, Mel. Yeah, she's been working out with Emmett and Ted. Yeah, yeah, for real. Girl, no. Well, I don't, working know, out with I don't know what kind of... Okay. Emma to do it. No, Emma ain't doing nothing, okay? <laughs> yeah. Even they're just looking. Yeah. Um, 
So then back at the loft, Brian is shutting things down for the night and Justin is stirring and uh, Brian notices that. And so he comes over to the room and well, I think he's just kind of getting ready to go to bed, Mm -hmm. comes over to the room and then he sees that Justin's awake and sitting up and he says better now. And Justin says, yeah. And so Brian sits down and you can just like, he's kind of like has a deep exhale. Like Mm -hmm. it's been a day, (laughs) you know, for him. And he says, you really freaked me out. It's like you were hit all over again. And um, Justin moves a little closer to him and he says, I remember walking away and hearing your voice trying to warn me. And he says, you never told me that. You never told me that part. And we talked about earlier how detailed Brian had been Mm -hmm. with the memory, but he didn't tell Justin the part where he did try to call out to him and save him. You didn't tell me that part. And then Brian's like, Oh, well, I guess I forgot. And Justin says, well, it's good that one of us remembered. And he just <laughs> kind of slips that in there. Yeah. Um, but just like, I know that you're intentionally trying not to make that a big deal, but that was a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust me, it was a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't have any evidence that Justin remembers the whole night, but he remembers that part, like right. the actual bashing mm-hmm. part. Um, and so... Basically, he only remembers the worst parts of that night, but he finds this one thing to hold on to, and yes. that's Brian trying to, to help call him. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so instead of being trapped in the awfulness of that memory, Justin focuses on that one that one good part yeah, like for if Brian's he didn't care benefit for me, he too. Wouldn't have, yeah, he wouldn't have called out for me. Yeah, know? yeah, and he's I think and he points that out for Brian's benefit. He's like, all you've seen, you've been left with just the horrible, horrific memory of that. But here's here's a good thing, right. That I want to make sure you don't forget, you don't let go of. Yeah, absolutely. And then Brian's just, I mean, sorry, Justin is just continuing to move closer and to just inch closer and mm-hmm. closer to him. Um, Showing that confidence. He's getting yeah, it back. Yeah, you know? he is getting it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they have a quick little kiss here, but such a sweet kiss too. It's, um, I won't call it innocent, but it's just a sweet kiss between the two of them. And then Justin reaches into, into Brian's shirt underneath his collar and when he reaches in, he finds that scarf yeah. there that Brian has still wearing. Been wearing. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that. And you can think about it if you want to, if you want to ball your eyes out. <laughs> but at first, Brian had that scarf that was kind of um, a tie to the memory, but also the guilt that mm-hmm. he felt from that night. And so he had that, but he could at least go to the hospital and watch over Justin. Yeah. And so that was, in a way, he was like, doing something or trying to still be a part or still be involved. Right. But then after Justin went home, that wasn't an option anymore because yeah. Jennifer told him that he could, couldn't. So the only thing that he had it's was the scarf to keep him scarf. close, that closeness and that so, he needed. Yeah, to keep him close. And yeah, and, and he's just still wearing that um, and just still dealing with that guilt and that weight from that night. And so Justin sees the scarf, looks at Brian, doesn't say anything and just removes it from him. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to take this guilt away from you. I don't want you to wear that. And I think nobody else could have done that. Only right. just like only Brian wouldn't ju- remove it. No. And so only Justin could have taken that off of him. 100% agree. Yeah. He wouldn't absolve himself from that. Uh, and so then Justin tells him. Uh, like he's ready, basically. Like yeah, yeah. He wants him inside of him. Yeah, like, he, I mean, yeah. the time has come now. He's ready to mm-hmm. be touched. You know, like he can feel the connection back. Like mm-hmm. he's ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you got to take it slow. Like yeah, the first time, right. you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because Brian asks, are you sure? And he says, yeah, just take it slow. And then Brian says, 
like the first time. And I love that for so many reasons, because if this is truly, if they had the birthday party on Gus's actual birthday, this is like a one year anniversary of their first time meeting each other and being together. And so I absolutely love that. But this is like a new first time for them. I mean, call me a romantic, but I think (laughs) this is the first time that Brian is knowingly making love. Yes. I I think so. Mm -hmm. Now, he wouldn't call it that. He wouldn't use that word at all. But um, I'm not saying that it hasn't happened before, but I think this is the first time Brian's knowingly doing it because um, starting... I would say at least by episode 120, uh, Brian's become more aware of his feelings. Right, I right. think I personally think they've been there much longer than that, but I think he just became aware of yeah. them. And then the he end was of able to one. act on them. Yeah. Start acting on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think he's always known that sex has been different with Justin, but I don't think he necessarily knew, knew why or right, should why. Right. But now I think he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so like we said, if it's been a year for them, like what a year yeah. has been. I mean, that relationship in just one year has endured more than some do in 10 years. I know. It seemed like they've been together for 10 years. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. So this moment is giving them a fresh start in some ways, but it's taking everything that's happened and the growth that will have to come from that with it, right. you know? And so there's also like a bit of rediscovery here as they just relearn and re-familiarize themselves with each other. Um, but it has that same intimacy that it had that first night mm-hmm. that they were together. Yeah, and I just love how the scene is shot with the two of them in blue and the silhouettes. Yeah, this yeah. and it's it's quiet. Like there's at least to start with, there's no sound and just the way that their bodies are linked together and how, you know, Brian is behind him, like spooned against mm-hmm. him. And I don't know. I just, I just love that, that scene. Yeah. It was really nice. It was, it was beautiful. And to see them reconnect finally, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, finally. it's like, okay, this is, this is home. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what we normally see. And they're, they're always loving when they're making love. To be honest, they make love a lot. They don't ever I just, think so. just smash. I think even in the like, Quick, hurried, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. they do. Like it's always very passionate with them uh, when they're actually making love. So to see them actually finally able to touch again, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was just wonderful to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was just very beautiful, and uh, you just wanted them to have that moment mm-hmm. together. And know? that's why I like when they show the contrast of how you see Brian in the back room or mm-hmm. at the baths, and then when you see him at the apartment or at the loft with Justin, it's. A totally different person. It's right. like Jekyll and Hyde. So, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. He he gives Justin definitely the emotion. Right. Well, because he had that trick over there earlier. And mm-hmm. you saw that trick was like, mm, yeah, overrated. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, but here, he's giving Justin more than just his body. He's giving him an intimate emotional connection right. as well. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So they shared that very sensual encounter. And it's very slow and tender. And it's just the two of them, like we said, communicating you know the things that they have not been able to communicate to each other in the past two months or whatever they're able to do it in that moment together or at least start some of that conversation and then it ends with the camera panning over them and then over that we see that white scarf there i want to say the emphasis of that is that it's been discarded yeah it's over Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. at least to some extent that's been discarded and they can kind of move forward from there 
And that is episode 202. It sure is, God. Didn't we tell y'all it was an emotional banger? Okay, <laughs> it like, really was. Had us all over the place. I mean, it was, but such a good episode. I think they did very well with these first two episodes. Yeah, um, so well. I can't wait to see how um, Justin and Brian, you know, resume back, pick up back where they left off, you know, or what's what's up next for him because i mean he has so much going on positive going on from school to you know all the activist um activist stuff that he was doing for the gay community and things like that so i had such high hopes of um to see what he was doing so yeah yeah and um guys we hope you enjoyed this episode as well i mean we do this just for you guys you know we are all lovers of queers folk and we love these boys okay so like we always say if you're a newcomer Please go to libertydinerdish.com and um, subscribe. Also, you can find us on social media, our Twitter, our Instagram, and Facebook at Liberty Diner Dish. And um, yes, leave us comments. Also, um, like, share, and subscribe. Tell everyone. Tell everyone. Please do. <laughs> yes. And until next time, next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.